Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous and Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and uh, I'm your moderator. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from outside of Philly. Today is Friday, May 19, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book into action, page 82, the third paragraph. The alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way, ending with, isn't it grand, ain't it grand that the wind stopped blowing for one paragraph only. So today's readers, we have Matthew G. for the steps, Lori S. for the traditions. Anne-Marie M. is going to start us off with the text, page 164 is 10s and P., our backup reader, Sigrid F., the newcomer greeter is Leslie M., and second, our host is Ann M. So we got share IDs for yesterday, Thursday, May 18, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,272. So that's 20272. 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,273. So it's 20273. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There's no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. And I'll have Matthew G. read the 12 steps. Hello there, Matthew G., compulsive overeater in Paris, France. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood them. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood it, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thanks for allowing me to be of service. Thanks, Matthew. Next up with the traditions is Lori S. Good morning. Gratefully recovered, Lori S. in Texas. These are the 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. I pass. Thanks, Lori. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and readers is six months. There is no abstinence, abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that you share your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study in the big book. We're in into action, page 82. The third paragraph, starting with the alcoholic, is like a tornado roaring his way, ending, ain't it grand that the wind stopped blowing, for one paragraph. And Anne-Marie M. is going to start us off. Good morning, Russ, and good morning, everyone. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina, gratefully recovered through God's grace by walking these steps through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So... Okay, the alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken. Sweet relationships are dead. Affections have been uprooted. Selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. He's like the farmer who came up out of the cyclone cellar to find his home ruined. To his wife, he remarked, 
Don't see anything the matter here, Ma. Ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing? Yeah, so I had no idea that my alcoholism, my behavior had affected my family. I uh, attempted suicide uh, twice, my early 20s. And all I could think of was, um, poor me. And I remember uh, the second time my mother, um, my father came to visit and I asked where my mother was and he said, she just is so torn up that she, she just can't come and visit with you. And my reaction was, how dare her not come and see me? You know, I, I, I just was so very self-centered. The times that I would come home um, in the middle of the night when I was living at home um, and not thinking that my parents were wondering where I was, the heartache I caused to uh, boyfriends that I um, was rude to, and I flirted with other guys right in front of them, thinking nothing of it and wondering why they were angry with me. So. When I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, I I just wanted to, you know, stop. I'm, I'm sorry. When I came to OA, um, I just wanted to stop compulsively overeating. Um, I didn't think of the times when I, I lied and said that I couldn't um, – That I, you know, I couldn't go out with my husband because, you know, I was I was not feeling well, or I missed times with my friends because I had compulsively overate, and you know, yeah, I wasn't feeling good, but it was because I was so hungover with the food. So um, <clears throat> I now see after going through the steps and. And looking and looking at myself and doing that fourth step and seeing where where I was wrong, what I had done, and and then asking God, you know, to remove it, become willing to remove those self-centered thoughts, and then approaching people, you know, and saying that I'm sorry. But not only approaching them and saying I'm sorry, but changing my behaviors and being considerate of them. I think it was my inconsideration that was um, that was most harmful, not thinking of what others felt or how I affected their lives. So um, I'm just grateful for this program of showing me a way, showing me a way of how to live differently and how to treat people with respect and to um, live happy, joyous, and free. So thank you. Thanks for us to pass. Thanks, Anne-Marie. So now we're going to open up the line for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So if you share it on Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. We have others to share. And uh, one at a time, please, so we can get everybody we need. So who would like to share on this? Katie G. Katie G. Hope B. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I got Katie, Katie G, and Hope. Christina J. Hold on one second. Katie G, Hope, Hope Janice B. Janice P. M. Christina. 
Priscilla Janice, A. Janice, Reba, Priscilla, Judith, and Pedro, and Judith. One second. And Judith. <laughs> All right. We got a heck of a lineup. Katie G, Hope B, Christina J, Janice PM, Reva P, Priscilla H, I believe, Pedro B, and Judith SP. Katie G, you're up. Hello, my friend. Thanks for the opportunity to share. Hi, everyone. This is Katie G. I'm recovered in Boston. And, um, of course, I adore this paragraph. And, um, you know, what it really made me think of is um, a lot of times in early recovery, I would talk about all the damage that I did eating. Um, and I, I'm here to say that I did a lot of damage not eating. Um, you know, it's about 11 months um, from my relapse with exercise bulimia. And, um, you know, when I finally um, decided, you know, with the help of a lot of clarity from a lot of people who really loved me and told me the truth that I was looking like I was um, out of uh, Holocaust camp, um, and I'm sorry to be so graphic, but that was true, the lack of consideration of my family, you know, the, um, the fact that you know, my husband's working a full-time job out of the home, and yet I expect him to put my need to be thin, to exercise, to get my certain amount of exercise in so that I feel safe and secure, and yet I'm living on his income, right? Like I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a stay-at-home wife, and yet I don't think about what is it, what is it like for my husband to work a full-time job at home during COVID, post-COVID, two little girls and a wife that he can't trust. Or what is it like for two little girls, right, to to see a mom get abstinent, right, but then all of a sudden it's like she's not there. She's there, but she's not there. Like she's not able to hear them. She's not able to see them, right? And then when I start getting clean, am I putting as much into my family as I am into my recovery? You know, recently um, my husband and I had another wonderful you know, coming together where um, I was able to get really honest. And um, my sponsor said to me, you know, because I've been looking for sponsees and I've been wondering what, you know, how do I, how do I find a sponsee? And, you know, my sponsor said to me, how about you treat your husband like a sponsee? You know, I got to tell you, I have so much enthusiasm for passing on this program. I have so much enthusiasm for passing on love and information and learning and growing in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. How's my enthusiasm for my husband? How's my enthusiasm for getting him a cup of coffee in the morning? How's my enthusiasm for asking him what I can do for him? How's my enthusiasm for being present for my girls? How's my enthusiasm for stopping and getting off the phone and being present with the family? You know, I I just think, um, you know, in Bill's story, I'll just wrap with this. He says he's naturally unmindful of the welfare of others. And that's me. And God, please help me as a woman who's recovered today. Help me be mindful of other people. Help me know that other people exist and care and meet their needs and stop being so concerned with my own. And that's the gift that we get to see in recovery. And and thank God for it. That I pass. Thanks, Katie. Next up is Hope B, followed by Christina J. 
This is Hope B. from California, recovering compulsive overeaters. I like this paragraph, um, and I'm glad I got in on it. I like the fact, well, what my point of experience is where when I would get in a food fog and curse out my husband and also my daughter, and I didn't think that there was anything wrong. You know, I thought that that was okay to do that. Um, and so I like that farm where that comes out of the shed and said, oh, there's something wrong here. You know, um, I didn't think about the damage that I caused with, you know, in the mountain and um, and just making them feel, you know, just making them default inferior to me. Um, but now I realize that. And those, um, those times where I am, have the tornado experience are becoming less and less. Thank you, and I will set up us. All right, thank you, Hope. Next up is Christina J., followed by Janice P.M. Morning, Russ. <clears throat> Morning, everyone. Christina J. from North Carolina. You know, I am, I am numb in the disease, and I am numb out of the disease. It's uh, been my... Autopilot numb is what I've realized about myself. And the line that really sticks out here is we are thinking, when we feel that a man is unthinking when he says sobriety is enough, speaking directly to into action with four through nine, especially eight and nine here, where we <clears throat> find the places where we've hurt people and ourselves and situations and stolen, you know, all these things we've done that we now are working to make amends for. Um, but yet, you know, I can just go on saying sobriety is enough. I don't have to worry about, you know, somebody I pissed off today. I don't have to worry about the damage I did in the past. Uh, I can just come out of the cellar, come out of my uh, relapses and my abs- my non-abstinent. I come through recovery and I can just come out of that cellar of self. Oh, everything's fine. I don't have to do anything. I'm 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 sober. I, I've lost my weight. I... You know, everything's going to be great now. Wrong. You know, wrong. And as I live my life, I can look back and I have things haunting me. The longer I'm in recovery, uh, I see where I've done wrong. Things come up. God is showing me one by one. You know, my God never gives me anything I can't handle, that he can't handle with me. So some of the horrible things that I've been ashamed about and had pain about, you know, I go to my sponsor or I... Write about her, you know, I especially find myself in my chair in the mornings doing a two-way prayer letter, you know, just sometimes uh, really overwhelmed by fear and horror at the things I've done in the past. And I'm really seeing where I was selfish because, you know, this book talks about how we think we have good moral character and we've been a good person and all that. And that might be true, but it's all been based around what we can get, what I can get. Let me speak for myself. I was good to people because I had an alternative motive. So uh, I don't have time to come out into the sunlight out of this disease and say everything's fine because there's a long road, as it says in the next paragraph, of reconstruction ahead. So uh, this is what this paragraph is telling me. I have done damage, and uh, I can't go on thinking that sobriety is enough. It's very unthinking. It's very selfish. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. All right, thank you, Christine. The next up 
is Janice PM. I was unmuting. Did you call me, Mr. Russ? You are up, Jan. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful recovered today compulsive eater from Massachusetts. Boy, oh boy, this is uh, my paragraph. I identify with it so much. I've never seen or lived in or experienced a tornado, but I certainly have experienced a hurricane. Uh, in Massachusetts on the East Coast. And boy, can I, this is such a wonderful picture of my self-will run riot life, you know. And it's because of these steps, especially step four, that I can, I could and am changing my beliefs. And it's been changed. My belief, you know, of the truth of exactly what my behaviors did uh, to my relationships in my family, my goodness, you know, people in a tornado or a hurricane, you know, it's a devastation. And that's what I could say about my 57 years. It was, I was devastating the family. Um, and until I got recovered, um, that's, it, it was just the beginning. Of course, my, my abstinence was the beginning, but learning to walk the walk, and do the works to change my behavior. That's what amend means, to change my behavior, not just the words, works and not words. Um, my selfishness, oh my, I didn't think I was selfish. I really didn't think I was selfish. <laughs> and inconsiderate, oh, I thought they were inconsiderate of me, poor me, you know. And that self-will run riot kept my home and my relationships in turmoil. I was thoughtless, really thoughtless. It was just about me, can't you see? I'm abstinent. Don't make the macaroni because I don't eat that. After all, other people, you know, live here. I used to be so rude to my husband. He'd come home from the office. You know, he'd be tired, standing on his feet all day. And, um, you know, I would open the door and say, oh, you're home? You know, not, oh, you're home. Um, and he would say, well, yeah, I live here. You know, it was like I didn't want him home, like he was disrupting my life. Um, you know, and what did it result? It resulted in dead emotions in my family. It was dead, my diseases, my, in, my addictions, my, of course, the disease of compulsive overeating, eating played extreme damage extreme damage to my surroundings. And, uh, you know, in a hurricane, you know, there's devastation. And you can go out of the house. You know, people that live in the house can go to a hotel. But my family couldn't. They had to live with me every day. And that, (laughs) so hot, thank you so much. Hearts were broken. Relationships were dead. Um, They could, other people could seek shelter. But no, they had to put up with me. So God's given me another chance to be with you and share my love for everybody. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Dennis. So before Reva jumps on here, let me uh, let you know where we're at. We're in Interaction, page 82, the third paragraph. The alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way. Ending with, ain't it grand that the wind stopped blowing? for one paragraph. So 
Reva, you are up. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I've always identified with this paragraph and the concept of a tornado because the way I ate was like a tornado. I was not calm, cool, and collected and very thoughtful when I was in the disease. My binging was frantic and, um, you know, tornado, explosive, devastating action or emotion. That was me in the disease and I just destroyed everything in my path. Um, and you know, with, when a tornado's coming, everybody like runs to get out of the way. Like people just like get out of the way, Reva's on a roll. And you know, this paragraph also reminds me that in program, there's a difference. This is a difference between being stark raving abstinent only and you know, working the steps and entire abstinence and being recovered because I can be that crazy lunatic with abstinence only. And that's why I need the steps. Um, and, um, you know, the word turmoil, like drama, drama, drama. And I'm humble to say that I can still be this person. I can still be this person if I'm not living in 10, 11 and 12. Um, you know, the explosions are nowhere near where they were uh, when I was in the food, but I, I really need to stay close to my higher power um, so that I don't keep creating more devastation. Um, and um, it takes a long time because I need to demonstrate different behavior, not just say I'm wanting to do things differently. And it takes time um, for people to really trust um, that I'm gonna be consistently you know, practicing those new behaviors. So I am so grateful today. Um, and you know, both my parents have now passed. And as I plan this unveiling, like I get to continue this kind of amend, um, changing for the better and really honoring and loving my parents and appreciating the things that they've done um, through the way I, I organize these next couple of events. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that my family doesn't have to, um, yeah, my children have never seen me in the disease. Um, and really as, as crazy as I might get, it's nowhere near where it was. So yeah, abstinence only is so not enough. And I, I didn't see that. I totally didn't see that. I thought I was gonna get my food in order, do a six month course here. Um, and get out and get carry on. So thank you, God. This is a way of life. Um, this is about seeing these things 180 degrees opposite of how I saw them before and focusing on others um, and not always trying to get my own way. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. Next up is Priscilla, followed by Pedro. Hi, thanks. This is Priscilla H. Grateful to be physically recovered and otherwise recovering uh, through the 12 steps. And um, I've been looking forward to this paragraph for a long time because it has come to be the story of my life for me. Uh, but I had to add a little bit to it. I, I used to resent this thing about the farmer because, and I thought it was because um, one branch of my family were farm people way back and I thought they were making the farmer out to be such a dolt um, 
but I have come to have a different understanding of this story. But I had to add a little bit to it for it to make sense for me. Um, the the farmer the reason the farmer said that stupid thing when he came out of the storm cellar is because he was hoping that his his jolly words would keep all those children that were also coming out of the storm cellar would keep them from seeing the tears rolling down his cheeks because everything was gone the house the barn the farm equipment the animals even everything was either damaged and destroyed or gone and everybody was so upset and crying and screaming or whatever they were doing they didn't even notice that one of the children in that large family didn't come out of the storm cellar, stayed in the storm cellar, and that one was me. I was in the storm cellar, and uh, for a minute, I was, or a few seconds maybe, I was lonely down there, but then I thought to myself, who needs all those stupid people? And really, what attracted me to stay in the storm solo, I knew that there were lots of sugary goodies stored down there, just in case the family had to spend hours in the storm cellar. And so I spent the next many, many years living mostly in that storm cellar. I would come out every now and then and make nice and pretend to be pleasant, but then I would go back into the storm cellar. And I could go on and on about that story, but today, through, I've, I've discovered that there is a way out of the storm cellar, and it's 12 steps, not just three. Three steps won't get me out, or not just even one through nine. I have to take all 12 of them. And those 12 steps, thanks to A Vision for You, they're getting me out of the storm cellar today. So thanks for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Priscilla. Next up is Pedro, followed by Judith S.P. Good morning, Russ. Can you can I be heard? Got, got you, buddy. Thanks, man. Thank, thanks for your service. Uh, um, good morning, everybody. Um, my brothers and sisters from A Vision for You. Um, you know, what I heard and felt this morning when, uh, the lady that uh, opened up, uh, read that is, is this, uh, finally, you know, it, it came to my gut feeling this, this idea, isn't it grand that the, the uh, the wind start blowing, you know, and, and, uh, what that's telling me this morning is that uh, just because I stop eating sugar, flour, and quantities of food is not enough. You know, it's not enough. I need to practice spiritual principles in all my affairs. See? And and recovery is not abstinence. I can be abstaining from, from my addiction, which is sugar, flour, and quantities of food, right? But if I don't practice spiritual principles, I'm not going to recover. And recovery is what it's about. It's not about afternoon. I, I can be on my ideal weight and be miserable. 
don't want to do that. I want to. I want to see the promises come true. You know, if you're new, if you're struggling, uh, I suggest that uh, that you pray and uh, you take the steps and practice the spiritual principle so that you can recover from from this uh, my disease. I don't know about anybody else, but definitely, you know, like my friend Janice Pien said, you know, this selfishness and self-centeredness, you know, the self-will run right. That's my spiritual malady. And then I have to treat that. And the way I treat that is like what I learned in here. This is a spiritual program or it's a program of spiritual actions. And what are the spiritual actions that I take? Well, it's simple, you know. Uh, read the book, go to a meeting, do a prayer, reach out to people, uh, talk to my sponsor, do some quiet time. You know, one of the books I, I read is, is the 24-hour day book. And a couple of days ago, it was talking about that it's all about preparation. We always, you know, if, 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 I, re, if I recover today, I'm going to be prepared for tomorrow. And that it's all about, you know, preparing for, for the future. You know, and my teacher tells me that if you want to know what's going to be going on in the future, take a look at what it is you're doing today. So, like my my friend uh, uh, Nancy P. told me last week, hey, it's all about spiritual uh, uh, spiritual action. How much time are you dedicating to your recovery? You know, sometimes I go to three, four meetings a day. You know what I mean? How much time are you helping, time. you know, other people? Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Pedro. Next up is uh, Judith SP, and then we're going to take another list. Good morning, Rush. This is Judith SP from Maryland. Uh, more than grateful to be here with you all and uh, be part of this most incredible um, experience. Thank you, God, and thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, I say often this is a reprogram and not a me program, and each day that I listen and participate with, hopefully, God willing, my ears open, I learn so much here about myself, about where I am and about where I'm going. And just as a quick example, I looked up tornado and hurricane because I didn't, I know the difference, but although a tornado um, comes through quickly and does devastation, the hurricane is worse in the sense that it lasts longer and it takes over much, much more space. And, uh, it says here, the alcoholic, if I take the word like out, the alcoholic is a tornado. Judith is a hurricane. Thank you, God. I can now say Judith was and continues to work the steps with God and my fellows to keep myself from being that hurricane again. This paragraph not only do I resonate with it, but it's like it crazy glues to my heart so that I now realize what I've done to my family that is no longer here, unbeknownst because of my disease, 
and to the family I have now and the friendships and the coworkers, uh, the devastation can't be repaired. What I can do and I need to do every morning when I get up as a sick compulsive eater is know there is a solution. And the solution is in moving away from the destruction, the denial, and knowing that there is a better way. And as others have said, it's spiritual health, it's spiritual trust, surrender, and acceptance that God will show me the way if I'm open and clear. I cannot live in the devastation anymore of self-centeredness. I am now able to, to stand tall in God-centeredness. And uh, with that, I pass. And thank you so much for letting me share. All right, Judith, thank you. So we're going to open up the lines for sharing again. And uh, although we value experience, we ask you to limit your share every third day. You know, you know what I mean by that? Um, and we are on page 82, third paragraph, and we're just reading that paragraph into action. Who's up? Larry K. Tina S. Rachel Okay, one one second. Larry, there was someone before Tina. Rosie W. Corp. Okay, Rosie. K.S. Okay. Carmella G. K. K.S. Now, I don't know what it looks like time-wise, so maybe one more. We'll see if we can get everybody. Chris W. All right, Chris W. All right, we're going to just leave it at that. All right, Larry, you're up, buddy. Hey, Russ, uh, it's Larry Kay, recovered from Chicago. I want to see if I could do this quickly in three minutes. We spent a lot of time on, 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 you know, what's it like now. I'm going to tell you what it was like. I want to tell you a quick story. Some 25 years ago, no more than that, 20 close to 28 years ago, I was living in Madison, Wisconsin. My daughter was just born. I was married back then. We were driving. I was going to school uh, while finishing up a doctorate in Madison, Wisconsin. Anyway, we're driving back because family's back in Chicago, about a three-hour drive. My daughter, picture her in the car seat in the back. I'm argumentative. That's putting that's a nice way of saying it, just argue, argue, argue. I, was, I couldn't tell you what I was arguing about. It's about a three-hour drive. <clears throat> We're coming back. It's Christmas time. It's snowing. Roads are not great. And I get about, I'm arguing, arguing. My, my wife at the time is looking down. Um, and we get, we're about a half an hour away now from getting home for, for Christmas time to her family's home. And I stop for gas, still arguing, get back in the car. I'm riding back uh, to, to finish the last half an hour. And I, unbeknownst to me, I get on the on-ramp heading back to Madison. I'm still within myself. My wife doesn't see. She's looking down. It was two, about another two hours before I recognized that I was headed until I saw a sign, next stop Madison, essentially, right? And I just punch the windshield as I'm driving some 70 miles an hour. 
and picture the windshield, you know, it doesn't shatter, but it's like spider webs from end to end, from end to end. That was the man that I was. I'm not saying that program made me into a perfect man. It did not. But none of that, none of that types of behaviors or the thoughts that precede those behaviors when I'm aligned with God imperfectly as I am. And I like to tell that story as often as I can as a reminder for me and as a reminder to, you know, maybe it resonates with you that we really, I destroyed people, not physically, but emotionally. And thank God that he's changed me through these steps, not magically, but through my cooperation rather than defiance. I don't bust windshields anymore with my fist. Today, I can live a life beyond my wildest dreams, and I owe it all to God's handiwork. Everything that comes to me is through the implementation of the steps and what God does for me. With that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Next up is Rosie W., followed by Tina S. Thank you very much, Russ. Um, Rosie W. here, um, compulsive reader in Devon in the UK. Um, yeah, as ever, the right paragraph on the right day for me. Um, I had a very surprising conversation with my partner yesterday in which he actually described me as a hurricane. He um, he exploded at me uh, for about my recovery and the time that I spend doing recovery at his expense. And uh, if this sounds like I'm about to start ranting about him, I'm not. This is this is really good learning for me. This paragraph. There's a lot of information here. Uh, once more, God is working with me in ways that I can't even begin to understand. Um, but he told me that um, he's absolutely sick of it. It's ruining his life. Um, that he never sees me. That I have no time or space for him. Um, that I'm always on the phone, that, you know, he doesn't see me in the evenings because I have to go to bed early because I'm up at the crack of dawn doing prayer and meditation, sponsoring and being sponsored. Um, and he he was really furious. And here's, here's another example of God working, uh, enabling me to, you know, uh, intuitively handle situations that they used to baffle me. I stood there and I listened to the whole thing. I didn't say a word, even though I wanted to scream. <laughs> I have to do this, otherwise I'll die. Um, I listened to the whole thing. And when he'd finished, even though um, I wanted to pick up a knife, <laughs> I'll be honest, um, I said, thank you for telling me all of that. Is there anything else that you want to add? Um, I then went out and um, I was able, again, this is all God, this isn't me. I was able to send him a message later saying, It'd be really helpful for me if you could have a think about um, what parts of my spiritual work, you know, feel unacceptable to you. Um, you know, what what time do you feel that um, is 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 being taken away from you and and our two children? And he hasn't replied yet, and he'll take his time, and 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 I know he'll come back to me. But um, what's really interesting is he did actually describe me as a hurricane yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> Here I am uh, in the steps, um, abstinent and yet still a hurricane. And um, right now, I don't, I don't know what to do with this information. I have two very young children who between them are up between six in the morning and 8.30 at night. I have a job and I have recovery. Um, and I, I don't know how to do any less. You know, I, for me, I feel that um, I, my recovery is already nowhere near what it needs to be in terms of time input. 
but um I actually feel really relaxed about it because God enabled me to take the right action, which was not to explode back and to ask for some more information. And I know that God's going to bring me an answer. And for me, you know, I like in life to have a big strategy like this is my policy. I'm going to spend X hours on recovery across this fellowship and this much in that fellowship. And I'm going to do this thing at this time of day. And um, I just feel like God is showing me more and more each day at the moment. Thank you, Russ. Um, That it doesn't work like that. And it is literally what God, what is the next right action? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Rosie. Next up is Tina, followed by Carmela. Thanks so much for your service, uh, Russ. Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting. You know, what a great paragraph. I always love to hear all the shares on this paragraph. And, you know, and I wasn't going to share, but I just, you know, me too. Um, someone previously shared this, you know, talking about today, I am such a different person, but, you know, I am that person that without spiritual principles and without a spiritual awakening and being recovered and that tornado, you know, and to really, really reflect back on what I was like. And I did that when everybody was sharing, because that's me, that's me, that's me. You know, selfish, self-centered, self-will run riot, only about me, you know, and, um, and I don't think about anybody else. And then when I'm done tearing you apart, because my tongue is, my, my tongue is just terrible, you know, uh, it can be. Today, you know, I, I have restraint, but it can be. And so when I'm done tearing you apart and I, I'm feeling a little better because I just took it all out on you, I'm saying, ain't it grand, ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing, you know, ain't it grand that I, I stopped blowing, you know. And I am so grateful today, you know, because I have a partner, you know, most people, you know, I have a partner that is just so kind and loving and caring and thinks about me, you know, and, and through her example, I'm able to do the same for her better than before, not great, but better than before, you know, and it is about, you know, acting my way into right thinking. You know, when I initially started doing this stuff, I didn't want to do it, you know, to, to get something for her or to say something very nice to her. You know, I just acted as if, and it becomes what, what I, what I say and what I do today and how I feel. It has changed, and I'm still amazed by that. I am still amazed that I act my way into right thinking and feeling, you know, and, and it's just a gift. And it's a gift from you all for being examples, and it's a gift from a God, a power greater than myself, that allows me today to be a different person and to benefit from this life. You know, of course, you know, a life beyond my wildest dreams. With that, I'll pass. What a great meeting. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tina. Next up is Carmela, followed by Kay. Thank you so much, Russ. Carmela G. recovered for today from New York. Selfish, inconsiderate, causing a storm in others' lives, Madam Full Charge, all of those adjectives could describe the way I was and can be if I don't stay spiritually fit. Today, the biggest gift that I can give others is to get out of self and always look to see how I can be of service, not just in program. Yes, program makes it easy. 
you have sponsees, you answer texts, you answer phone calls. That's the easy part, but it's the living, the living with our families and friends every day and getting out of self and showing love and kindness when the tension could be high and when personalities can conflict. It is only through my higher power and asking for the strength and guidance for his direction to allow me to be loving and kind during stressful life events. And program abstinence was kind of easy. You put the food down, you work the program, you can stay in a beautiful environment. But life, you don't know. Tornadoes happen. Storms happen, not even just in my own life, but in those I love. And to be there and to be present and to be out of self, that is the gift that I pray for every day. Direct me and let me be self-serve, uh, non-self-serving and of service to others that I may not even love or know, but that I meet today. We can be an example in life. And with that, we give gifts to everyone. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thanks, Carmela. Next up is KS followed by Chris W. Good morning. This is KS, recovered gratefully in North Carolina. This is a hard paragraph to read. Um, It's, you know, when I think about a tornado or a storm, I grew up in the Midwest, so I I saw, uh, I didn't see firsthand a tornado, but I saw the devastation. And uh, when you think of the cleanup afterwards, uh, it takes a long time and it and it doesn't, you can't always repair what was destroyed. In fact, usually it has to be like rebuilt. And you need tools, you need shovels. And, um, and the people that are damaged by that tornado, uh, you know, they're damaged. There are parts of them that are broken because of the life, of the tornado that my life was with my family. And I was just so numbed by the food. I had no idea that it was that it was as bad as it was. And it's taking me time now, even in recovery, to realize the the depth of it. And the fact that, you know, as Bill says, selfishness, self-centered, that's the root of our problems. And and that was the root of the tornado um, and the root of the of the food problem, uh, the, the selfishness and the self-centeredness of my whole life, the choices that I made every day that just blinded me to what I was doing to my, my husband, my children. And so, you know, I thought my life was terrible. So, so, um, and it's hard for them. It was hard for them. And they, to this day, bear the wounds of that and their lives are, are who they are is because of, of how they grew up. And that's so hard. That's so hard to deal with. And, and just recently I'm coming deeper into connection with, with the depth of my selfishness even today and that it really is 
something that's there. And I didn't ask for it. Um, and, you know, I'm learning that I really shouldn't beat myself up for it because it's, I'm powerless over it. Um, I didn't, I don't want to be selfish. I can act unselfish. I can talk in a way that's unselfish, but the root of it is I am selfish. And that is part of what I'm learning with asking God to remove my character defects and in and, and doing step seven and going on from that. It's, it's like, I can't remove that. Bill even says we can't even reduce our selfishness much on our own power. So I'm really grateful to have the perspective today to try to listen to my my kids when they need to tell me, hey, mom, this was terrible, and that they feel safe enough now to start, you know, opening up about that stuff. And it's so hard to hear, but that's part of my living amends to them is letting them share their pain, um, but also realizing at the same time that um, this, the selfishness was something that I had no power over, and I didn't know how to manage it then because I didn't have a higher power, and it was just part of my unmanageability, which continues today unless I stay in fit spiritual God. condition, which, thank you, Russ, which helped me to manage that unmanageability, but only with the help of a higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Hi, thank you, Kay. Next up is Chris W. We have about a minute and a half for you, Chris. Does that okay. work for you? Yep. Um, Chris W., Chris with K from Nashville. And I just, I realized um, the other day I had this gathering at, with a church group and um, and we were having a meal. And I'm plant-based, so I bring my food if I eat or usually I eat at home. And it was the funniest thing that my the leader, she said, now I want you to make sure you bring food. I don't want you just sitting there watching us eat. And it was um, crazy because I usually, they just have snacks each week and I don't have any because I've already eaten. And um, and I'm wanting to eat early because I usually eat like at four and they were eating after six. And, and I thought of okay, I'm I'm just going to eat because I'm hungry. And then I thought of what about these other people? I, I'm making them uncomfortable by not eating, and I could easily bring my food, and I, I can wait two hours. And it was um, just one of the rare times that I thought, what about how I'm making them feel? And um, – that it's not just about my abstinence for myself. I was able to stay abstinent and all that I had to really think about the other people. And that's just a rarity for me. So um, that's all I have to say. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. All right, Chris is going to be our last share. And uh, we thank everyone that shared today. Please join us for second hour that's unrecorded immediately following this closing. And today's share ID, Friday, May 19th, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,275-20275. And now we'll close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by a serenity prayer. I'd ask uh, Tenzin P, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only keep you until then. Thank you very much. Uh, Penzant B checking in from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you very much.